Here's your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Ballard, Lindsey Brown, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You know what's going to happen is we are going to have to change the opening to not include Jack Eichel. When we freshen up the top of the show on each hour of the VGK Insider Program, it can include Jack. And that's not a slant against Jack, but it's rather, I don't know whether that's completely up to date or Mm -hmm. whether it's from three days ago, last week, or last month. Right. Because he's been so good. He's producing all the time now. And when we have these calls, including uh, Jack Eichel all the time, I'm like, is that is that from last night? And mm-hmm. that, that wasn't from last night. It was not from but last night. But it could night. have been from last night. It very well could have. Jack Eichel was, was phenomenal last night. I I called for it in the in the pregame show. Jack Eichel was my night to shine. I was looking Hold for Hold on. Yeah, I know. I know. I what? Did. I know. So after you, getting heat listen, yesterday, listen, no, 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 here's you the thing. changed. Yeah. Because yeah. you've been Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel, I Phil Kessel, been. Phil yep. Kessel. Yeah, I listened to you. See what happened? Shouldn't you, you look be, like should, a genius? Shouldn't you be happy about you this? You look like a genius you, right now. You ragged on me, and yes. you're like it was it was rightful. Like I'm I'm okay with it. But I said, yeah, I wanted I wanted a a phenomenal performance from Jack Eichel. We got it. Mm-hmm. I felt like Jack was going to come up with a big night because I watched him uh, the day before. Yeah. Uh, just out by himself working on things. I, it almost looked like he was getting some frustration out or he was uh, dialing in on, on something. Mm-hmm. He, he was just up there by himself, bag of pucks, mm-hmm. uh, before before the skate. And he was doing his thing. And I thought, that looks like a guy who's just so focused on coming back with a big effort after what was a disappointing team game against the Calgary Flames. And I thought, he's... If I bet on hockey, if I was allowed to bet on hockey, mm-hmm. that would be a good one to mm-hmm. bet on because of uh, how focused he, he was. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It was one of those performances from Jack where you set the tone early, you get that three-on-one, everything kind of breaks down around you. and it, it feels like when Jack has the puck in that spot, it's automatic. It, it really does. And then, you know, the the, the ability to make the play – to get that second goal, to send you into an intermission with a four-goal lead. Uh, everything you needed to see, wanted to see from Jack Eichel offensively, you got last night. Okay, one was great. One was a gift. He still had to make a play. He still had to make a turnaround shot. It's not easy to do. One was great. One was a gift. The the great, though, was actually a two-on-one all the way up the ice. Yeah. And then he made it a three-on-one at the very yeah, end with fair. that speed by catching up. Yeah. Yeah, all the way down... That was looking like it was gonna. The pass was gonna have to go across, mm-hmm. and it was defended really well. And where Jack came in, he he had the luxury of that odd man rush backing everybody in, mm-hmm. and he had the prime shooting area. It was it was brilliant. It was great vision uh, by by everybody, and and working that transition. The other one was just a pure free meal right in the middle of your plate. Again, still had to make a play on well, it. Well, I still don't had know to what. Do something. Okay, why are why defensemen do that? I don't play know. the puck back. Yeah, I don't know. And the the idea in three on three yeah. is to allow yourself a change. That happens in overtime a lot. Sure, where you where you play it back to your goaltender. Why they did it in the middle of regulation time? That was four on four. I 
Yeah, but there's still no reason why you would <laughs> legitimately do that. The guy hasn't played a game all year for you. Uh-huh. He's brand new to your system. He's obviously not having the game of his life. Sure. And then you put him in a position. And here's the thing when you do that to a goaltender, because I talked to one today, mm-hmm. is when you give the netminder that pass back, they automatically feel more pressure to do something with it. Sure. And that's what Riddick did. He tried to make a play. Mm-hmm. He got tunnel vision, and Eichel made a nice little hand-eye coordination by knocking it down and throwing it through. That couldn't have gone any worse for David Riddick. Good on him for the rest of the game, actually. Yeah, he, was, he was good for, from that for, point forward. Usually, you, you throw out two shutout periods in a game, that's almost a guaranteed win if you blank a team well. for, for two of the three. Uh, but you give up four in, in the first works against you. you. Well, usually when you give up four in the first, you're not around for the second and the third. Yeah, but you're not uh, They were uh, They were resting Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, they, they wanted to make sure he got the, the, the complete rest. But uh, I, I, liked, I liked the read mm-hmm. by Jack Eichel on that play. And there was, there was hat-trick watch for the rest of the game. How he missed from where he did mm-hmm. in the open net. Yeah. I think he had more time too. It, it was one of those scenarios where you just you felt like it was a, it was going to be an automatic, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you had to cap that off with a hat trick, empty net goal, and it just didn't happen. It didn't go. But maybe the next one that Jack's on the ice for maybe only the, team that didn't have a hat trick last year, yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Well, I and then last night would have been explosion. I, I think it's I think it's coming. I do mm-hmm. like the way Jack started the year. I, I would expect that at some point this That's year, Captain Obvious, right there. Jack will have a hat trick at some point. You're welcome. Um, but that being said, I, top to bottom, I, I thought his game was really good. You asked the question, like, why do you put your goalie in that situation? Because you're down three nothing in a building that's absolutely snowballing on you, right? Like we have seen that before from the Golden Knights, where they get he's one, the last guy that I'd give the puck to. I. I understand that. The way, but I'm ta- the, the I'm way you're about describing Winnipeg. the way you're describing Winnipeg the game in general. No, but the way you're describing the game, the the world against Winnipeg at the time, that puck could have gone in. Yeah, when you play it back to the get net. You, you, you want get, you want the puck as far away from your net as possible. In, you get caved in as badly as it as it was that early in the game. You don't think you're not thinking. You're just doing. Didn't and, work out well. Ended a five game slide against the Winnipeg Jets. So that's great, especially when Winnipeg back here in in a couple of weeks. Very positive on that front. To is the longest losing streak against a, an opponent ever, like yeah. equaled the longest losing streak. So nice to to snuff that out. Uh, Where are you at today with the Winnipeg Jets? I, I I thought they played a pretty good hockey game outside of. And, and bear with me here. Mm-hmm. Jack's first goal was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amadio pass to William Carlson was awesome. Great play. And then they got a couple of breaks. Sure. Riddick with the giveaway. And then Chandler Stevenson with a puck off the foot. Yep. Nobody's apologizing for any of those. No. And it adds up to four, and you win by three. Mm-hmm. Fine. Good. But uh, Winnipeg didn't didn't fall down in, in my prediction that they'll make the playoffs by any means yeah. last night. Uh, yeah. They're... With their backup goaltender in, they they made some pressure. They're they're a pretty good hockey team. I, I think in in two weeks you'll be looking at that, saying this will be a big test for us. I, I like where their defense is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in a lesser extent than Vegas, there's some questions being answered there uh, on a talent level. Vegas is way more talent, mm-hmm. uh, but there is some. 
pondering about how things were going to come together up front, who's going to play with who, uh, the goaltending. Uh, Winnipeg has the goaltending. Same question about who's going to play with who up front, and is this a good enough defense in Winnipeg? I think it's better than than, than we thought. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey in the offensive zone. Like, I, I think that they've got some really good instincts in the offensive zone you're going to see some production from the from the blue line I with Winnipeg for me it's always going to come down to can this team defend not just defensemen but as a five-man unit I I don't know that they can and we'll see well, I don't think they did a bad job last night I I don't think that they were particularly strong I think the Golden Knights had some really good looks like they they had opportunities to to expand on that lead in the second period third period David Riddick made some good saves yeah it was a 2-2 game without the bounces and Hale Hill was good his feet are way faster than mm. they look like he's a big guy a blocker style but his feet are really uh impressive I I, I had fun I had fun watching that hockey game like from a back and forth perspective sure, that was yeah. competitive the score uh, if you took that out of the equation, it it was uh, it was an entertaining game. Do you do you view the Golden Knights in the second period as taking their foot off the gas? No, I, I look at that as I. Winnipeg. It's, yeah. it's the same way with Seattle the other night. Sure, yeah. Like those in the last week, Vegas has had a five nothing lead and a four nothing lead. That's not easy to continue the domination right. when the other if the other team has any type of competitive spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that does get away from clubs as the season goes on when some teams are buried or you're just going to sit down your ho- whole hockey club and and get ready for the next night. Uh, those things do play into lopsided results, mm. but this early uh, the coach is still challenging his team, uh, both in Seattle, to come back and uh, on home ice, and that was their home opener to salvage some uh, respectability. And then last night was we got to be able to to finish this off a little bit and fight through some adversity. They're still at that teaching stage right now in trying to uh, curb the the culture uh, in in Winnipeg. So I expected a push, and I, I thought Vegas handled it. Well, like it, it, they never, they never lost control of the game. It no. became more even, sure. a lot more yeah, even yeah, yeah. Uh, territorially, and a good, good, really good hockey game. But they never lost control or chased it nearly as much as what we saw earlier in Calgary. No, no, not at all. And and the the response from the Vegas Golden Knights after the Pierre Luc Dubois goal to make it four to one, I, I thought that Vegas had strung together right after that a couple of really good shifts to to get them a little bit more momentum in that second period and then at that point it was pretty even the rest of the way what do you think of Mario? awesome he was yeah. fantastic he was really good obviously the play to William Carlson uh, you make a, a great pass from below the goal line for for an easy bang bang play for William Carlson's second goal of the year but like there were plays in the defensive zone where Amadio was just strong on his stick, winning those battles, finding ways to impact the game in other ways. I, I loved how he fit so well with William Carlson and Jonathan Marcheseau. I thought that was a really good line for the Golden Knights last night. We talk about the goaltending as a team of goaltenders more than mm-hmm. one individual. Yeah, That's the way it is sorting out to be. Sure. Almost a platoon situation. I like that word. Between the, uh, it's great in baseball. Love that. I don't know why it's never really been adopted in hockey. Bring it. Bring tandem. It We've talked we'll tandem a lot yeah. in, in goaltending in hockey, mm-hmm. but, but a platoon uh, with the goaltending. Yeah. 
might we be looking at the same situation with the winger position on the Carlson Marcius line? Like, could could Paul Cotter and Michael Amadio become a platoon on that line? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, again, you're you need someone in that spot that's going to be going for you. And you know, if if play levels off, I think you've got a a one two punch there where you can get great hockey from e- either one of those players when you need to to plug them in. Like I would expect the next time Paul Cotter's in the lineup, we're going to see the Paul Cotter we saw in the preseason that was making plays and and driving things forward in just the same way that we saw Michael Amadio back into the lineup last night and he was impactful. Like if you're able to get that more often than not by rotating those two guys in, that's great. Paul Cotter is going to go through a process where he is and his body and his mind are going to have to learn how to bring it every night. Yeah. And this isn't any type of judgment on him because it's really hard to do what he does on a nightly basis, the way he plays. Sure. In your face, he he is throwing body checks. He's in the way, getting bodied. Uh, he has to drive to the net, and he has to make plays and generate offense without cheating on the other end. Right. That's really hard to do with all the pressure of being at the highest level of, of our sport. Mm-hmm. And it might be uh, the, probably the best thing for him is to get the odd break. Quite honestly, yeah. regroup, look at it, be energized, be motivated, go back in. Because in an 82-game season, there isn't a player who can go all out. And I'm talking right from Nikita Kucherov to uh, John the Huberto to uh, Alexander Ovechkin. Anybody that goes all out mm-hmm. for all 82 games. Yeah, Not there, even Connor McDavid. There's, there's nights where it's just you're backing off a little bit. You're, yeah. you're saving it for something. Yeah. Uh, for Paul Cotter to be noticeable and be impactful because he's he's that guy who's trying to break through and establish himself, he does have to bring it every night. Mm-hmm. And that physically and mentally is is tough to do. So there's there's going to be this this process that goes along and, and having an Amadio there or if they shuffle anybody else, uh, somebody else in, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't view it that way. I really don't. I, I think it's a positive for Paul Cotter in terms of making sure that when he's in, he's he's being an impactful player because that's what you want him to do. With Michael Amadio, it, it was an opportunity in front of him, and uh, Amadio's not coming out now, right? Like, he had too good of a game with Carlson and Marcheseau that I, I don't look at any lineup changes for the Golden Knights going into tomorrow night against Colorado. I... Loved what Amadio brought to the table. Is there going to be a period where his game levels off? Probably, right? I think that that's accepted. And when that happens, you have to hope that those two guys, the competition that they're going to have going back and forth, can drive them to new heights. Or he can somehow take the whole platoon thing Mm -hmm. right out of the equation. That's possible, too. And he makes Bruce Cassidy look at somebody else. If Bruce wants to get Paul Cotter in yeah. or Jake Lasician in, that they have to go a different path away from Mario because I, I can't take that guy out. That's what Mario yeah. is yeah. trying to do right now. He's trying to make it impossible for Bruce Cassidy to take out. Now, it's an easy switch right now if, if you go back and forth because neither one of them are longtime established mm. NHLers. Yeah. Mario was picked up off waivers last year. Yeah. Uh, Paul Cotter is trying to break through. Uh, this year and become a full-time National Hockey League for for the first time. 
it it it's and and Mario uh, is a player that uh, that you can you can get offense out of too. So that's obviously a, a plus in if you're trying to keep that top nine together. And it is a top nine. I agree with you. I, mm. I, I look at the Golden Knights as having quite a bit of balance when it comes to their top three lines. So, again, if if you could get similar play from Michael Amadio, if he's able to do that again against Colorado, if he's able to continue to string those games together where he's that impactful with Carlson and Marcia, so then you're right. Maybe maybe the player, and Bruce Cassidy said this, right, when it comes to goalies, when it comes to everybody on the team, the players, if you let them play long enough, they're going to make those decisions for you. Last night, Michael Amadio made that the Saturday's lineup decision pretty easy on Bruce Cassidy. That's a hell of a pass. Really good. And it, it was almost a replication of what Calgary did to knock Vegas back a notch, mm-hmm. controlling the puck in and around the net, behind the goal line, yeah. being tougher. And Vegas was way better on 50-50 pucks last night. Remarkably, yeah, uh, better. But below the goal line, scoring those types of plays, and it doesn't always have to become from behind the net or right behind the goal line, but in that general area, uh, that that was that was paid, but that was a learning uh, moment that the the team had soaked in what the coaching staff had showed them in video and talked about. Yeah, it was it was representative of being harder in front of the net, get going to the hard areas to score and finding ways to make a play there. And, you know, for William Carlson, the fact that you've got two goals, four points on the year right now, if you're William Carlson in this hockey club, that's awesome. Like he, you were hoping for more production out of Carlson. The fact that he's been able to do it with either Amadio or Cotter in the lineup on the, on his line is is a positive. But to me, it's it's Carlson understanding what the coach needs. That's go to the net, put your stick on the ice, be hard to move, do not allow yourself to get pushed out of that area. And against a heavy team in Winnipeg, the fact that the Golden Knights were able to do it, that's a good sign. Okay, William Carlson, let's get into this okay. a little bit. He scored last night as a two-point evening against the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Scored on opening night a two-point performance against the Los Angeles Kings. Mm-hmm. In between, uh, didn't score points, but hasn't been a minus player at all. Right. Which is, that sums up William Carlson right there. Yeah. Offense, and not long stretches without it. Yeah. But when he's not scoring, he's contributing. Yeah. That That's the William Carlson that you want, right? So I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's the William Carlson that, and, and he talked to us about this. He wants mm-hmm. to score more points. It's not the William Carlson that you've necessarily had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And to show you just how how much better he's been this year than last year, you go you go through his start of the season last year, and he broke with the team against the Seattle Kraken in that opening night assignment. His next uh, three of his first four were minuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one goal in that stretch. And then didn't score his second goal until game 11. Sure. With an injury moved into that Mm -hmm. and included, he didn't score his second goal until December 10th. Yeah. There's a little bit of a evolution that's going on with him in trying to produce points but be responsible uh, to his own end. But that's a great example of how much better he is right now mm-hmm. and how much better place he is right now than he was a year ago. Yeah, and 
with Will, he's he's always been kind of a, a ebb and flow by confidence type of guy, right? When the puck's going in yeah. for him, the puck's going in for him. The aspect to me that that you're kind of cluing in on is he got started early. He's been able to to keep moving forward from a from an offensive standpoint. Like there have been chances for that line. Maybe they haven't buried them over the, the middle two the middle three games or whatever. But Will's created offense and it hasn't been at the expense of defense. He has done some heavy lifting on that end. And when you talk about a top nine, the onus is going to be on William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau in that role to play strong defensively, but also come through with points. And if they're able to do that, then that's when the Golden Knights become matchup nightmares for other teams. If you've got that line going and they're doing it at the rate that they are without sacrificing their defensive responsibilities, then they become really hard to handle. The most productive line. Yeah. Yeah. Marcheseau has four. Yep. Carlson has a deuce. Yep. And Paul Cotter, who I'm putting into that platoon Role sure, with yeah. Michael Amadio, yep. they have one. Yep. They're, they're four players with one line. That's seven goals. That's your most productive line yeah. at this stage in in a team format where things are balanced out and spread out. It's not they're not carrying them because nobody else is scoring. Mm-hmm. Eleven different players have scored goals yeah. this year yeah. in the first five games. Yeah, among the the tops in the National Hockey League. So that that's pretty telling. That it's not just Marcheseau on that line carrying it and everybody else is playing okay, mm-hmm. but they're not getting the goals. Seven it, goals between between those four players. Yeah, and, and I think that they've even got like another gear, right? Like I, I think that's one of the things is Jonathan Marcheseau's had a phenomenal start to the year with, with four goals. William Carlson's got a pair, um, but I, I still think that even that line has more. To give and and there's there's consistency that will come like, you know we t- we talk about the fourth line for the Golden Knights being really consistent in how they're playing playing below other teams in the offensive zone down low along the walls creating those chances. I think that there's even more consistency you can draw out of Carlson Marcheseau and either Amadio and Cotter. And when that happens, again the the matchup down the line if you balance things out the way Bruce Cassidy has could be really good for the Golden Knights not just in the early going of the season. But when things get a little bit tougher in the middle of the road, well, goals by goals by line. The Carlson line has seven. They do. The Eichel line has four. Okay, three of them by Jack. Yep. Riley Smith has one. One and one loud crossbar. <laughs> and Kessel still looking for his four hundredth goal. Yeah. The yeah. Stone Stevenson Howden line yep. has three. One from each player. Right. And Howden. Should have five, probably with the, yeah. the great looks no, that he's had. You're, like you're, he's, you're absolutely. I right. love yeah. that he's getting the great looks, and I do believe that there will be a follow up of confidence in there. We saw him last year on that trip through New York mm-hmm. and Boston, where yeah. he just got on a roll and was lights out. And then your your checking line or your energy line has two with Wah, Carrier, and Carlson. Mm-hmm. The the biggest surprise there there's there's twelve forwards there. Cotter, so thirteen. 13 forwards. Yeah. 11 of them have goals. You'll That's take amazing. That. Yeah, you'll take that all day long. Through five games, yeah. 11 of your 13 forwards have goals. The two that don't, Phil Kessel yep. and Nick Waugh. I know. And Nick Waugh's created chances, He's and, been and that, that will come. Yeah. But, but Phil doesn't have one. Yeah. 
That's a bit of a surprise. The the Phil thing is interesting to me because like I I don't know about you, but I was somewhat surprised to see that Phil Castle's averaging just about two and a half shots per game. Because I, I feel like there hasn't been that that shift or that moment within a game where Phil has has done what Phil's done over the course of his career, and that is let his shot go. We know it's good, but he's he's there. It's going to happen. Maybe now that I'm laying off Phil Kessel as night to shine, it'll happen. Maybe it'll just happen in a oh, consecutive game. I want to get your, your calls correct. Okay. You're saying Jack Eichel will score a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're saying Phil Kessel will score a goal. I think Phil Kessel will score a goal this year. Yeah, I think it'll happen. Damn. I know. I know. Why wasn't I picking I your set, brain a long time ago? I set the bar high, Darren. I just want to correct myself. Ten of the 13 forwards have scored goals mm. because of that uh, that extra forward. Sure. Uh, Matteo doesn't have a goal. So it's a Matteo, Kessel, and Wah. Mm-hmm. But everybody else has a goal. Yeah. I, it, it's it's balanced. And, and that... That to me is going to be the 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 hallmark of this Golden Knights team, right? Like we know Jack Eichel is going to be the the most prolific scorer this year. I, I believe so. I know Jonathan Marchessault has four right now. Jack's only got three. At the end of the year, I think Jack it's is going. Race. Jack is going to lead this team in goals. You I know just, what the difference between them is? One goal. No, the empty netter. Oh, well, sure. that's that's the difference between know, them right now. Uh, you tell Jack that. I talked to him today. Yeah. How'd that go? It was good. Yeah. It, was, it was fine. But I'm not, I'm never gonna tell Jack. I'm that they should, not going to. Well, I'm not because he could like if I get back out there with yeah, him, yeah. that one's coming right between my eyes. Uh but the difference is one empty netter between the two. And he is I think he's been quiet in a way. Sure. Through five games. Mm-hmm. But you look at his numbers and they're really Strong. Phil Kessel, quiet, mm-hmm. hasn't scored. But the thing with Phil is, and one of the, the cool things about watching Phil over the years yeah. is you'll you'll take in a game and you go, didn't see didn't notice Phil. Mm-hmm. And you look down and go, Oh, he was he had two assists and six shots. Mm. Hey, he has that ability. To go through a game and not be noticed, where Jack is noticed. If Jack is on, Jack is noticed. Yeah, Phil, Phil just does his like. It's almost like his personality uh, off the ice goes on. He has that ability to 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 go under the radar in a game and still produce points. So uh, I wouldn't say his 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 lack of goal scoring to date is a reflection of his play because a lot of times he can go onto the radar and still produce points. Phil exists out there and does certain things. Like To, to me, some of the most Im- impressive plays that Phil has made have been defensive plays. Like There have been some some busts back and, and back-checking and, and some plays that he's made in his own zone that stand out. Obviously, the 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 pass to Shea Theodore for that uh, that goal up in Seattle, like that mm-hmm. was a phenomenal pass from Phil Kessel. There have been moments where I've noticed Phil a lot, but I think that we've talked about this before. You'll have those games from Phil where the points stick to him, even if there's nothing mm-hmm. exceptional that stands out in your mind. That's the product of just a really smart hockey player that doesn't need to do anything too too flashy. 
to get this game going, and now you're B-reeling. That's exactly. You, see, you know. Yeah, no, I know. I Because every time you B-reel, you, you're not real. You, and you I'm right in mid-sentence, too. Like, I'm literally There's a lot of lip-flap going talking. on here. It's fantastic. I love this. You I guys, don't it, like that. It, I, I, all our listeners are going to be B-reelers, yeah. for sure. I'm Is gonna that take what they are? B-reelers? Yeah, B-reelers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you when Phil Kessel is going to explode production-wise. Oh, here we go. Okay. I'm excited. I know that you've predicted that he's going to score. It'll I'm going to get. I'm going to get a whole lot more specific on when it's going to take place. Hmm. All right, because I've got a theory. Do you? I've been working on a theory today. I was bouncing around a couple of people at the office. Nobody was at their desk, but I was still bouncing You're off just them. Bouncing yeah, it off yeah, of walls. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with Phil Kessel and when the production is going to start to come. It's the VGK Insider Show live on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Typing on my laptop. I'm trying to pretend that I was doing the keyboard right there. That's what I was doing. Like Linus. Sure. Peanuts. Yep. I got it. Did you call it Peanuts or did you call it Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown. Yeah. yeah. You were lazy. I know. How come? It was always it was Charlie, Peanuts. Charlie Brown to me. Charlie Brown and Snoopy. That's all I cared about. What was the bird's name? Woodstock. Ah, there we go. A lot of people forget the bird. Yeah, it took me a minute to like recall it. <laughs> Not automatic. Well done. It wasn't my favorite cartoon. Uh, really? Yeah. Like, I but, but every time it was on, I watched you watched it. it. Yeah, the Great Pumpkin. Like, you're not going to get any any better than that. Or the Christmas one. I didn't really. The Charlie watch the Brown Christmas, Christmas tree. Everybody talks about the Charlie Brown Christmas tree when no. you get a bad Christmas tree. No, for me, it's the Great Pumpkin. You know what? I was always surprised at. Like, I don't. I, I, would, I would only watch it every so often. Mm-hmm. I was always surprised and then disappointed that mm. Snoopy didn't talk. I always wanted Snoopy to talk. He doesn't talk. No. It's not even like a like a dog language either. No. It's like this squeaky voice mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. Oh, that's hey. just what kids view Snoopy as. Just like the teachers. Mm. Yeah, the teacher. Mm. I know. And and that's another reference. Rough. Still to this day. Yep. If somebody starts mumbling, yeah, the teacher from Charlie Brown. There it is. There it is. But it was creatively done, more creative than it would be today. People would just be mailing in today. Uh, there's not going to be a perfect team in the National Hockey League this year. Shocking. But it's earlier than it should be to have that wiped out from possibility. Okay. All Don't right. you think somebody should have like a no. six, seven, eight game winning streak to start? Uh, no, not really. I mean, maybe we like, barely got through a week. We we did, and you're you're right. But like the way that that hockey just is at times random. I don't think that it lends itself well to like early season six or seven, eight game winning streaks. It just doesn't happen. Because I recorded the podcast earlier this week. I know there was nine teams that got through the opening week without a loss Look of any you. kind. Nice. That's Tuesday to Tuesday. Seven days. We are at Friday. Yeah, we are. And there's nobody left. So we went from nine yeah. to zero. Right. In three days. Mm-hmm. That's 
A dramatic fall. That's why you should never overreact to wins and losses. No, you shouldn't. Uh, the record for most wins to start a season, mm. the Toronto Maple Leafs, in 1994, yep. did not win the Stanley Cup. Did they win a round? Ooh, I don't know whether they won a round that year or not. The Buffalo Sabres also won 10 in a row mm-hmm. in 2007. They did not win. At least win. were in 1994. They did not win the Stanley Cup. They did not Cup. win the Stanley Cup. Yep. The Montreal Canadiens, one of a couple of teams that won nine in a row out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But this one was in 2016. <laughs> they did not, uh, win, they the did not win the Cup. Stanley Cup. The Carolina Hurricanes last year. Ooh. Last year. I like how you, you forgot about this. That. No, I, not really. Did you remember that Carolina was so great last year? Uh, I thought that they started well, right? Like they were pushing the all-time record. Okay, Carolina won nine in a row last year Ooh. out of the gate. Hmm. Did not win the Stanley Cup. Then you get into the eights, and that involved the nineteen thirty-four, thirty-five Toronto Maple Leafs. Crack your joke here. I did was not at those games. Uh, Buffalo Sabers seventy-six. They won eight. Didn't win the Stanley Cup. Predators in 06, Not win the Stanley Cup. Hmm. You're starting to get a a, a sense that. Great starts mm-hmm. don't translate into anything when it no. comes to winning the Stanley Cup. No, because everything's so up in the air the first couple of weeks of the season. So I, why are we so judgmental on games right now? I'm not. No, you're not I taking don't, anything don't in? Think so. You weren't judging the Calgary game? You weren't applauding the Seattle victory? Where I, they were off to a five. I don't lead. know that I like. I don't. I wouldn't say I was hyper judgmental about it. I I feel like I accurately took some of the talking points that needed to come out of those games. Like the thing we said about Calgary. Well, the thing I said about Calgary. Can't win games when you take that many penalties in a row. Takes teams out of their rhythm. And I wanted a, be- a better push in the third period. Is anything wrong there? What about Toronto? You were all over the... Well, it's the Leafs. Come on. Sensational up and down of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And they were two and two. Darren. Darren. And and yet you were judging that. Yes. Who are their two losses? Basically, we shouldn't shouldn't be paying any attention to early season results. We, We shouldn't. You're right. But it's also an opportunity to make a joke at Toronto's expense. And that's always going to be a thing that happens on this show. Either you or me. Like, I still talk about director of hockey strategy. Like, that is a thing that I am never going to give up. Mm-hmm. But who were their two losses to? Montreal and Arizona. Two teams that are predicted to end the season in the bottom, what, three, four teams of the league? Not a great start for Toronto. Would you rather be a team that wins all those games but loses to good competition? Or would you... Rather be the team that beats all the competition and loses to bad clubs. See, th- like that's an interesting discussion with Toronto. Because the Rangers last year were yeah. a team that beat everybody bad Yeah, before they kind of put it together. Uh-huh. They had a lot of trouble beating teams that were in their same caliber. Sure. Now, they, they've managed to turn that corner, but it was a thing, a real thing for a while. Yeah, I mean, if you're a team that wants to get into the playoffs, I would much rather beat the teams you're supposed to beat and figure out how to make it work against the, the harder competition. I think with the Leafs, it's a greater conversation of, does this team just perform to the level of their competition, right? Like, played a really good game against the Dallas Stars. It was back and forth. I expected that Toronto would win that game because Dallas is a tough opponent. 
I just don't understand with the with all the talent that the Toronto Maple Leafs have and every all the all the reinforcement of their stars. How are they not getting more against Arizona, against Montreal? Like when it's easy, it's just not there for them. I don't understand that. I don't think that there's a real emphasis on this regular season from inside that dressing room. Okay. And that's, I, I don't even, I, can't even knock that because all they are judged on is whether they get out of the first round. Yeah, that's true. This team in yeah. Vegas last few years, mm-hmm. it was, they had good regular seasons, yeah. but it was judged on the playoff success, yeah. getting the third round. Sure. Playoff success. Really good teams who are in it for a while where their window is extended become so much less concerned about the regular season. I'm not, it's not right, but well, but it's a it's a fact of the matter. So, and this Toronto team was going to have more clunkers yeah. of any team in that upper echelon than anybody else. Do I have to stop making fun of the Toronto Maple Leafs? Is that what you're telling me? No, no. I'm just I'm just telling you that it's going to happen. Yeah. And then he could still win the President's Trophy. Probably. I don't right. think there's going to be a runaway winner for the President's Trophy. And yeah. I, they, they could certainly do it this year. But they're going to ask some clunkers. I mean, their their media is just going to play it up, too. Remember the yeah, uh, NHL.com yeah. was at, at practice today from mm-hmm. Toronto, mm-hmm. Yeah. getting ready for Monday's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, yep. uh, doing an advancer, I believe, on Phil Kessel and talked to Jack Eichel, Mike Zeisberger. Mm-hmm. Should have had uh, Zeis on the show today, actually. Uh, he, like their, their media... F- is is so huge that everything gets blown up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So even though they're losing a couple of these games, it's still not as bad as what it what it seems. No, I mean they're they're three and two to start the year. Like mm-hmm. it's it's insignificant really in the grand scheme of things. Five games in for Toronto to just be three and two. Like I get that, but at some point, the reg. I, I get what you're saying. The regular season doesn't matter for the Toronto Maple Leafs. All that matters is whether or not they can win around. I don't know that they ever can. Like I, I don't know that this core is going to win around. Right. You got some time to mull that over. Because the playoffs don't start for, I think, for a little bit. I think bit. my mind's pretty well made up. Like Vegas, Vegas, the regular season matters now. It does. It's fun. Because fun when that's of the case. What happened last year yeah. and the injury riddle campaign and missing the playoffs. You have to get yourself back in. In LA, the regular season matters. They have to get themselves back into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Is there any team in this Pacific Division where the regular season doesn't matter? Uh, well, do you consider Calgary a lock to make it in? I think that they're in that upper echelon. Do you consider Edmonton a lock to get in? <sighs> Edmonton's always hard for me to consider a lock for anything. Yeah, I consider Vegas a lock to get in. Yeah. But it still, still matters. It still yeah. matters because you didn't make it in last year. Sure. So the games take on more of an importance from October through the dog days in January, the mm. bye week, and into February and March. In Calgary, I don't think it matters. It's way more fun when the games matter. It, it is. Like, now, now, I will argue with uh, a couple of years ago with, with Vegas, uh-huh. and you went to the rink, and I would giggle to myself, they, they, they've already won tonight. Yeah. It's just going to be, yeah. what's the storyline going to be? Yeah. Who's going to be the star tonight? Right. They would win six out of ten games. How many points is Mark Stone? Seven out of ten with? games. Yeah. That that was the percentage. Seven hundred winning percentage. Yeah. It was crazy. Huh. 
that that you had that. It, it was it was still fun, but it wasn't. The games weren't as important to mm-hmm. the bottom line of getting into the playoffs. They could go and win the President Trophy this year. Those games are still going to be super important because of last season. I I think you're right on the money. Like, it, it, and it's it's nice to have that. It is again. It, it I really, agree. And and you know, there's something to be said for the predictability of winning. Like mm-hmm. when you are a team that is expected to be good, and you are living up to that expectation. I know. I look in the mirror every day, man. I hear you. I do. Um, it's hard to be that on all the time. I know. Um, I don't know how you do it, and all that. But I I tell you every day how I do it, and you still won't listen to me. How do you do it? Very confidently. Okay, there it is. Good. Uh, no, listen. I I think that there's something to be said for for that that element to this season, right? Like, yeah. as as a Golden Knight, like if you're a Golden Knight fan going to games, you used to just go expecting wins, yeah. and you would leave upset if you didn't get the result that you were looking for because that was your expectation. Now it's new. It's different. Do you not notice a difference on your post game show? Yeah. No, I do. With more um uh different callers yeah yeah we had we had three newbies actually right. last night it was fantastic i, I was listening and I, I think that is a, a direct relation mm-hmm. to what we're talking about right now yeah it's sucking it's sucking people in in a different way and that you know after missing the playoffs i think that you start to to gain a new appreciation for just how long and how grueling and how at times unpredictable an 82 game season could be and and for a lot of fans, I, I think falling in love with that process again is is a good way to to really reignite you know what you had over the first couple of years with this hockey. Bill club. Foley told me last week on the uh, the home opener that this feels like year number one again yeah. for the Misfits. Yeah, like it it feels like starting over mm-hmm. again. And I will never buy into the fact that missing the playoffs was a good thing last year, but. In playing off what Bill said, there's something to being reminded that it's not your right to make the playoffs, uh, your team to qualify for the second season, but it's a privilege, mm. and everybody's back in that that mode again. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. It feels different, but similar to what those first couple of years were like for the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and to an extent, like it feels like it did after. It, Year number three, right? When when you you have that that heartbreak in San Jose, you feel like your playoffs were cut short prematurely. Mm. It, it, it has a similar feel to that season too. I didn't think we talked about that double minor. Ah, Chapman's not here. Oh, double minor's playing tonight. Look at you! What a great segue. Sand dollar. Are you gonna over okay. at the sand dollar? Wondering if you were gonna tell everybody. Ten o'clock. Yeah. Be there. You going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never been before. That's a first timer. Point of contention between you two with Gosher and I. Yeah, a little bit. A little he bit. actually said to me today, "Big show tonight. I'll see you there." Mm-hmm. I said, "I will see you there." He's like, "Are you coming?" Mm. He he was just expecting me to come up with sure. an excuse. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the driver tonight. I'm gonna make sure everybody gets there safe and sound. You're gonna dance. I might do a little bit of dancing, Please but don't. I'm probably going to do the skiing, On the downhill skiing. Everybody that's going to be the sand dollar, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, the downhill skiing is yeah. good. It's like Please don't do that. Just lean on one pole. Okay, I like I like pool. how you're trying to get up. <laughs> lean but on you, one pole. Just... I'm I'm best, best at the downhill skier. This is brutal. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, i got to get to my Phil Kessel proclamation. And we've got our rating for last night. 
the 5-2 drubbing of the Winnipeg Jets. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Skiing. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Bringing it to the people on this Friday, VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Lindsay at the controls, Millard over here grooving, Wallace covering his eyes, doesn't want to look anymore. I've got the Phil Kessel situation mm-hmm. when he's going to break out. I'm going yeah. to push that back to hour number two just because it's going to take a while and I, and I don't have the the runway here. I get it. All right. Uh, we also have some games uh, to talk about in the National Hockey League tonight. One of the first big games of the season, one of those games that you really look forward to, Florida mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's a game that you, you, you love at any point because it's geographical. But now that they're both good, yeah. It's a pretty cool game. I, I, I live for Florida Tampa. Like last year it was fantastic. It's been really good the last couple of years. Great playoff matchups too. So yeah, I, I'm yeah. I'm all about Florida Tampa. It's gonna be great. We'll check in on that one. Uh, our number two includes our game rating and the Phil Kessel reveal. When's he gonna break out? I'll tell you. Our number two is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.